Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. And while you stand, this morning I want to talk to you about kingdom authority. Look at your neighbor and say, you have authority. <laughs> Come on, say it again. Look, look at your neighbor and say, you have authority over that problem, over that situation, over that pain, over that disease. You have authority over it. Come on, tell your neighbor, you have authority over it. And I titled this uh, message, Kingdom Authority, because spiritual authority comes from God. Spiritual authority comes from God. But you know, when you was young, and, and you, and the oldest one, your parents left, the youngest one had to obey. You know, my sister was always in authority, so she always told us what to do, told us to do this, told us to do that. And sometimes it was stuff that she wanted. Give me some water, make me a sandwich. And, you know, that wasn't in the, you know, but you had to obey because your parents left her in charge. You, you had to obey. You didn't know. You were six years old, seven years old. You didn't know that that wasn't part of the, Agreement? Go fix my sand. Make my bed up. You know, come on now. Now I realize it. And I'm talking to you, sis. But she, she, she utilized her authority. Amen? But I just want you to say, just like that, Jesus, when he left the earth, he gave us his authority. To rule and reign on this earth. Same thing. He gave us his authority. And a lot of us don't know. A lot of people don't know the authority that we have on this earth. So what you do? The devil just walk right over you. Tell you what you want to do. The devil just do whatever he want to do because you don't know the authority. The whole time Jesus was on this earth, he talked about mainly two things, kingdom and authority. Kingdom and authority. Matthew 6, you can be seated. I'm sorry, you can be seated. Matthew 6, 10. The kingdom, he said, the kingdom of God come. He said, that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 18, 36, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Kingdom appears in the Bible 162 times. 162 times, just in the New Testament alone. And it always came out of the mouth of Jesus. So, so, so authority appears 105 times, and that's just in the New Testament. Salvation only appears 40 times. So it's obvious he wanted you to know more about the kingdom authority than salvation. Salvation is important because people get saved salvation. But he said, thou kingdom come, thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wanted you and I to walk in the kingdom authority. So if you have your Bibles, I know most people don't bring their Bibles no more. And, you know, your Bible, you should have your Bible. You should have one on your phone or whatever. Your Bible. This is your weapons of warfare. If you're not reading this Bible, you're defeated all the time. If you're not in this word, you don't have a chance. Seriously, it's not a something that you just do and you know I'm just reading my Bible and you know I'm just you know I'm just gonna read and then the Bible, you gotta read this Bible out loud. You can't read it like like it's a little book. I'm just oh let me see. I'm just gonna read sound good. No, 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 this is your weapons of warfare. You got to read this thing with like a weapon. You got to read this thing like a weapon. When I read the Bible, I don't read it just like a little book. 
You got to read it like a weapon for the reason of for God's kingdom came. Come on now, you got to utilize this Bible. So let's get in this word, amen? So the, um, he told his disciples in Matthew 10, 1. I have nuggets too since the pastor's not here today. I'm utilizing some nuggets. But I'm getting to, I'm walking through it until I get to the nuggets. I get to the nuggets in a minute. He said, Matthew 10, 1, he said, when, you had called, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. The word power is really authority. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases. He didn't give you authority to counsel demons. He gave you the authority to cast them out. Now, I know we counsel and we do all the counseling and talk to people, but some of it is just straight demons. Some of it is straight devils, and you got to have the authority and the power to cast them out. So he gave you the authority to cast out spirits. Things ain't going right in your house. Things ain't going right in your job. Maybe a spirit in your home. Then enter your home. Through your kids' room, through television, through the phone, through all type of stuff. Hey, I'm always in my son's room because he's, he's almost a teenager. Don't tell him what kids watching in that room. I'm watching his room. I'm, I'm anointing. I was in the other day anointing his TV, his phone, his remote control, his little white box. He played a little, little whatever he played, whatever that thing. I'm anointing all that. You got to know what your kid's doing. And I pray with him, and then I put on scripture so he can go to sleep, let him hear it through the night so he can hear. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And you're wondering why things are going on in your house because you got to check your house. You got to pray over your house. You got to pray over what's going on. God give you authority over things in your house. But if you don't utilize it, the devil's going to walk right over you. Every one of you, I don't care who you are. You may not be a pastor. You may not be your school teacher. You have authority. Your office worker, you have authority. But if you don't utilize it, devil gonna, he know you have it, but he don't want you to know you have it. Amen? So he gave them authority to cast out devils. The first nugget, and I'm going to nuggets, for honor my pastor, nugget number one. God has given you his kingdom authority. You write that down. God has given you his kingdom authority. And authority is just literally Delegated power. Delegated power. And its value depends upon the force of the user. Its, its value depends upon the force of the user. So how are you using that delegated power? You're just praying, God, you know, lay me down. I, I, when I go to sleep, I should die before I wake. Those simple prayers. You can't have those little simple prayers like that when you're fighting demons. Yeah, you can't have those little now let me down prayers. Come on now. He said, this Bible is the weapons of my warfare. You have authority to speak to the devil. You have authority to say things and move things. Come on now. So he gave them power. So that person is delegated power. So go, you have your Bible, go to Luke 10, 19. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Like he's, he got delegated power, but he's, he got to use it. He got to enforce it. You stand up there with this time, he's going to tell you to stop. You got to stop. And you know you got to stop because he know his power. So Luke 10, 19, he said, behold, I give unto you power. Now, if you look at that word power, it means exousius in, in the Greek word. It means authority. It said power, but it's really mean authority. To and scorpions. Demons and evil spirits. 
demons and evil spirits. So, and over all the powers of the enemy. And that word power is, is dunamis, it's might or force. So it's two words powers in there, but one of them means authority, one of them means force. So he gave you the power over all the demonic spirits around you. Everything that is around you that's not of God, you got authority over it. But you have to walk in that authority. Amen? So he gave you that power. So why are you letting the devil walk all over you? Why are you letting the devil tell you what to do? Why are you letting the devil tell you to look up on the phone, look up on Facebook, and look up on this stuff and run in your life? And you got the authority over the devil. But you have to utilize that authority. And you have to know who you are. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when you realize that, you're going to walk in and you're not going to be calling pastor to pray for you all the time. You're going to be taking authority in your own house. And say, no, 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 devil, you're not welcome here. Sometimes you just got to walk through your house. Things ain't right. Get your anointing oil. Anoint your house. Pray over your house and cast out anything that's not of God. In the name of Jesus. God will wake you up in the morning. He didn't wake you up to get on Facebook. He didn't wake you up to check your messages and see who liked your post last night. He woke me up 4 o'clock this morning. I, I woke up before my wife this morning. I woke up, amen. He woke me up 4 o'clock this morning. I was on my face praying, praying for the men of this house, praying, for, praying, praying this morning. Come on now. So when he wake you up, he's waking you up to maybe go walk through your house, pray over your house, anoint your house. If you don't have anointing, I'll get you some anointing oil. It works. Let somebody pray over it, anoint your house. Open that door, cast out any spirit that's not of God. Don't let the devil walk over your house. I have authority in my house. Come on now. So Matthew 10.1, come on, Matthew 10.1, he gave his disciples authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. So, and I want to read this to Matthew's, um, Luke 10.1. It's something in Matthew 10.1, he gave his 12 disciples authority. Luke 10.1, he gave the 70 authority. So Jesus had more than 12 disciples. He had the 70 going out working for him also. And he told him to go two by two to go out to all the places that where he was going to go. So he told him to go. He gave them authority to go. And he said to them, the harvest truly is plenty, but the laborers are few. And as I was reading this last night, it's literally the same thing in, in two different verses. Matthew 9.37 and Luke 10.2. You see, that's up here. That's what this church was founded on, Luke 10.2. But he said the same thing. The exact same words, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God didn't call us here just to come here every Sunday and we get this word from this man of God and go out and don't do nothing all week. You got people dying, people going to hell, and you're just sitting on this word. You, you don't want nobody to know you're a Christian. You don't want nobody to know, you, you know, I, I don't want to uh, hurt nobody. I don't want to just walk society now. You can't even say the word Christian. You can't even say the word man. Come on now. But you have the authority. When those kids acting up, you're in school, you're a coach, whatever, you have the authority. Pray over that room before it happens. Pray over that. Amen? So you have authority. So he gave his disciples and gave the 70. But I love this verse, Luke 10, 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, even the demons are subject or obey in your name. That's powerful. They came back 70 people came back two by two, that's 35 groups. I mean, yeah, 35 yeah, groups. Two by two came back, 
and say, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So you got to know the same thing. You say the name of Jesus, demons have to back up. They, they don't have a choice. That's the only name they're afraid of. And the devil know that. He knows the power in Jesus' name. But he don't want you to know it. He wants you to think, well, I'm not a minister. I'm not in this. No, 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 no. You don't have to be this. The power is in you. Great is he that is in you. If you don't get nothing from this message, remember, you have authority. As kids, you have authority. You have a, because if you, Jesus is in you, you have the authority to cast out devils. Come on. And, and, uh, and uh, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 7, he said, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. He said, and the reason Jesus said this, because he said, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no diseases in heaven. There's no devils in heaven. So what he's saying is, I'm bringing my kingdom to earth, and I want my, the earth to look like my kingdom. So if none of this is in heaven, and now kingdom come, Make the earth look like the kingdom. So when we're walking around sick people and people sick and people dying, you have the right to, come on now. Me, myself, I don't get sick. That's what I tell the devil. I don't get sick. And when the devil try to attack my body, I get the word. I get whatever I got to do and I cast it out. But I don't get sick. My wife will tell you. I don't know unless I got sick, long, sick, three, four days and I'm in the bed. Come on now. Even when the devil try to attack my body, I'm getting up, I'm doing stuff like I'm not sick. I'm bringing my mind like, no, I'm not sick. Devil, you don't have control of my body. It have to go one or two days. It's gone. Because I don't receive it. I, I'm not receiving it. I'm 55 years old. I don't take no medicine. I don't take no, nothing to get up, nothing to go to sleep. None of that. Because I have authority over this body. You have to know that. Amen? Come on now. So he said, none of that is in heaven. None of that. None of no sickness, no disease in heaven. He said, our kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you have authority over sickness, COVID, witches, demons, devil. You have authority over it. But you have to say it. You have to speak it out. Amen. Nugget number two. Your kingdom authority is in your mouth. Now, these nuggets God was giving me, like Bishop said, nuggets God gave you the nugget. He was he giving me, he said, your kingdom authority is in your mouth. Luke 17, 21. If you have your Bibles, please bring your Bibles, because I'm more of a teacher, preacher, and I like to teach the word. So if you have your Bible, it helps you to kind of know what I'm saying, so you can check what I'm saying, so you don't just hear it. and I don't know what he was talking about. So you just check the word. He said, neither shall thou say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He says, within you, but you have to get it out of you. You have to get it out of you. And I love this Mark 439. Go to Mark 439. I want to read this to you. Mark 439. If you have your Bibles... Please bring your Bibles. He said, and Jesus was asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind 
and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said, there was a great calm. He said, and, and, and the only thing is, Jesus was trying to get them to do what he could do. So in, in a sense, Jesus was saying to his natural thinking followers, you see, because you've got to realize, write this down, only the spiritual can control the natural. Only the spiritual can control the natural. So you can control the natural by the spirit. So Jesus was saying to his natural thinking followers, the disciples had the same kingdom authority like Jesus. They had the God-given ability to take authority over the storm and get the same results that Jesus got. If you look at the, most of the time, Jesus was asleep. Jesus was waiting. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus, why he wasn't on the boat? He was trying to get them to utilize their authority before he got there. And most of the time when he got there, he was like, come on, man. What's, what, 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 y'all could have did the same thing. So y'all bust the dough down in the church, come to the church with pastor to pray for, and you have the same authority in your household. You have the same authority in your household. In the name of Jesus, the power of agreement, you and your wife come in agreement. And that's the main thing the enemy is trying to stop more than anything, you and your wife from coming in agreement. Because you know the power of agreement. Power of agreement. When I try to do stuff on my own and say I'm done and I'm doing this, but soon I get my wife in agreement and we come in agreement, it's done. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. So if you come in agreement with your wife on things you're dealing with, whatever you need, come in agreement and believe. And don't let fear or doubt stop you. And don't try to reason in your mind. Because reasoning, that's not faith. You're not going to get it when you start reasoning. What if I do this? I know this. Next month I do this next. God said, do it now. And you'll see the results. But when you start reasoning, that's the devil. He's in your mind. He didn't got too far. Now you're trying to figure it out yourself. And you'll talk yourself right out of a blessing. God will say, do this. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. God said, give this. And you say, I don't know. I need this. I, don't need, I need this. God, you talk yourself right out of a blessing. So don't reason yourself. I remember one time I was at a, when I first got saved, I was at California. And I gave, and I gave my last. I went to the church, and I'm not telling you how to do this. I gave my last. Lord, the Holy Spirit said, just give everything you got. Just give, give it to you. I was a single father, raising my son, you know, week to week. I'm trying to get to next week. He told me, I give everything you got. I'm saying, God, you know, he said, give everything you got. So I was at the offering, and I would say, okay, Lord, I'm, I just put everything in, a change in everything. Didn't have any more money. Give everything. And soon I got home, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And then the next morning, I got up. The Holy Spirit said, go check your mail. I'm like, you know, what, what? I'm going to check the mail because I work even, so like 12 o'clock. Check the mail. Somebody sent me, it was, my, it, was my, 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 it was Father's Day or something like that. Somebody sent me a card. Opened the card up and checked for $200. I was, man, I was praising God, $200. I was raising my son, so my son, grandparent, it was in New Orleans. They sent me, you know, I was a single parent, checked for $200. After I obeyed God and gave him my own. I, I, I could have reasoned myself out of it, but I need gas to this week, to this week. Reason my, he just told me to do it. I obeyed and I got blessed. So when you obey God, God tell you to do something. He knows why he's telling you to do it. So the disciples had the same authority. Write this one down. Everything is created twice. 
First in the spiritual realm and then in the physical realm. Everything is created twice. Go to Luke 1.30. I love this. I love this. See, when I read the Bible, I just get all type of stuff from the Bible. You know, I don't read it like I say. I don't read it just to get, I read it to get something out of it. So go to Luke one thirty. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read. And the angel said, underline said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Look what he said, underline said. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus. Didn't she conceive? Didn't she bring forth a son? He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So he goes on and telling Mary all of this stuff, what's going to happen? And Mary tried to reason herself out of it. She almost did. Because she talked about how this is going to happen. I don't have a man. I don't know how to do this. She was about to reason herself out of it. But look what he, he told her how it was going to happen. The Holy Spirit was going to come upon her and all this stuff. Verse 37. For with God, nothing is impossible. This is the one I want you to understand. Verse 38. Then Mary said. Remember in 30, the angel said. Now Mary said. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed. Jesus. God said in Matthew 18, 19, he said, any two agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done. The angel had to come from heaven to earth to get Mary agree with what was being done. He had to have two agreements. So he had to get her agree what was said about Jesus so she can say it out of her mouth. He said, she said. And when she said what the angel did, he departed, went back. That was it. He didn't need her to agree. She could have said, I don't want to do this. I don't think I can do this. God had to find somebody else. But he had to get the, her to agree on earth. So the power of agreement is powerful. He said, out of the mouth of two, he said, so remember that. He said, Write this down also. I'm not going to tell y'all to write it down because I don't want y'all to get. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So, so, so remember the power of agreement. Jesus never told us to pray to God about the devil. Nowhere in the Bible you can find Jesus say pray to God about the devil. You know why? Because he gave you authority over the devil. So he never told us to pray to God about the devil. And some of y'all are praying, oh, God, the devil is on. No, no, you take authority over the devil. He said, take authority over the devil. He said, truly, I tell you that if any two of you agree on earth is touching anything that you shag, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. Mark eleven twenty three. for verily I say unto you that whosoever, listen to what he say. So it's a lot you have to say. And this one verse alone, he said, said four times. Listen, he said, verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, first he said, verily I say, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and should not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he said should come to pass and he should have whatsoever he said. You should have whatsoever you said. So that's why you can't just be 
gossiping, gossiping on the phone. Some people get up in the morning. I heard some people get up in the morning. The first thing they do, they call their best friend. They talk an hour. Girl, we need to pray for such and such. We need to pray for them. But they talk about you about an hour. Pray for you for two minutes. <laughs> Don't pray for me. You didn't talk about me a whole hour. Now you're praying. That prayer ain't going to work. Girl, then let's pray for them. Okay, but you know, pray for what you just talked about me about. That's what you need to be praying about. Yeah, that's what you need to be praying about. And gossiping and talking and, and all this negativity going on. Especially in the church. Come on now. God said, no, don't pray for me. I'm good. You didn't talk the whole hour. And if you're getting up and it's Facebook and your email and all that stuff before you get in the Word, you're already defeated. I'm telling you, you're already defeated. That's why I got off of Facebook. I got off of it. I said, I, I, months ago, I may check it. You can get an email now to tell you somebody posted it. I may say so. But I don't, I'm not on it anymore. I don't have time for it anymore. Just waste too much of your time worrying about who liked, worrying about your post, worrying about how you look, worrying about, come on now. You could be reading the words sometimes. I'm not telling you what to do, but don't let it consume your life. Don't let anything consume your life outside of Jesus. Amen? Anything. And this here you have to write down. Because the other day I was, I was getting ready. I got up late. I usually get up at 6 o'clock. Get up, pray, do what I got to do. I got up late, and I'm rushing, just getting ready. I know I got to get up by 7 for school. So I'm getting up, and I'm rushing around, rushing around. Didn't pray, didn't do anything what I usually do. And as I was getting ready, the Holy Spirit, you got to write this down. The Holy Spirit told me this. He said, Troy, if you don't pray, you become the prey. He said, if you don't P-R-A-Y, you become the P-R-E-Y. Man, I was like, whoa. He said, because now the devil is running after you all day. You didn't put no armor on. You didn't pray in the morning. You didn't do anything. The devil is on your tail. And you're trying to catch up. He said, so if you don't pray, you become the prey. You have to pray. So I said, hold on. Now the enemy is chasing you. See, the enemy only chance to persuade you is by using your powerful weapons against yourself. He gets you to say stuff because he knows you got to get you to say it to bring it to pass on the earth. So he gets you to say, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm tired, I, I, I'm, I'm mad, I'm this, I'm that. So he gets you to say it. And he have the right to bring it to pass because you said it. The devil watches over your words to perform it. <laughs> like angels watches over God's word. The devil is watching over your words. He's waiting for you to say something. He bring a thought in your mind. So every thought is not your thought. Remember that. The devil bring thoughts into your mind. You don't have to speak them out. Yeah, you don't have to speak them out. You got to cast them down. I'll be like, man, where did that thought come from? I'm just knowing my own business and the thought come in my mind. Whoa, where did that come from? It's the devil. You don't have to respond to what we do. We must start meditating on it. And start, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. And you start meditating on it. And then now you're going to start acting on it. Now you're going to start doing it. But no, you cast that thought down. You're a married man and some woman come in your face and looking all good. No, that's not God. I cast that thought down. I'm married. I love my wife. You don't have to respond to it. Or you came and watched a movie or something. Or the wind came blow past you. 
without you catching a lust spirit or something like that. You got to have control over that. Yeah, you have to have control over that, man. Because the devil will take you straight out. If you don't have control over this flesh, the devil will take you straight out. So when discouragement, debt, and disappointment come, you have to cast it down. You have to cast it down. Because the devil will wake up. I remember back in the day when I first got saved, I wake up in the morning, the devil, what are you going to do now? Ah, what are you going to do now? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do You just sitting there letting him tell you all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get up, you're discouraged. You get up, you're mad. Most people, I'll tell my wife the other day, most people say, well, I'm just not a prayer person. I just don't pray. I mean, I'm just don't, uh, uh, I'm not a morning person. I get up in the morning. I got to have my coffee. I got to do that. I just don't have an attitude. No, you're just not a morning praying person. That's all, because if you pray and you're in God's presence, there's no way you're going to go to work mad and mean and cussing people out and all that stuff. You didn't spend some time in God's presence. You're not going to do it. Either you didn't cast your cares upon God or you didn't do something. You didn't do something. You got to cast your care. God, I'm sorry. I repent. Oh, he'll tell you. You talk to your wife wrong. You talk to you. He'll be telling you everything. You come out there, repent. God, I'm, well, baby, I'm sorry. Last night I didn't. Holy Spirit going to talk to you. But you put that whole armor on so you can know. Amen? Let's keep, continue on. If, let's go to uh, Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12. I love Ephesians. I read Ephesians. If you're a Christian, you need to be uh, definitely Ephesians and Romans. You need to know those like, like the back of your hand. And I want to read this. Ephesians, let's go to 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the trickeries of the devil. He said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look what a person wrestling with every day. And you mad because your husband didn't open the door for you or didn't take the trash out last night. But look what he's dealing with. The Bible says you wrestle against principalities, one demon. That's chief demons, that's ranks. He's, he's a high chief, chief demon. You know how you go to certain areas in life, certain cities. San Francisco was one night in Atlanta. Homosexual demon was there. That's principality just ruling that whole area. Everybody just lusting. Powers. That's another force. Force, delegated influence. Rulers of darkness. Spiritual hosts of wickedness. You got all these demons attacking you and you mad at your coworker. You got spirits attacking you daily, and you didn't put no armor on, you didn't put your shield of faith on, you didn't do any of that. And I love it that he said, and he said, well, let me see, um, he said, therefore, take up to you the whole arm of God that you'll be able to withstand against the evil day. He said, and I love the verse where he said, uh, he said, and having done all this, um, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith, where would you be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the hammer of salvation. When you take the hammer of salvation, you no longer allow your five senses to affect the way you think. When you put on the hammer of salvation, you can't allow your five senses to affect the way you think. You can't, how you feel, how you taste, what's the five senses here, uh, you can't allow it to fail. Now you got the hammer of salvation on. 
because now you're walking in faith. It may not feel right, may not taste right, may not look right, may not sound right, but it doesn't matter because you're walking in faith now. It's like a sixth sense that you, you just got to trust God. God tell you to do something. I don't understand it. I can't see it, but I trust you, Lord God, that it's going to happen. Amen. You have to cast it down. You have to walk in it. Amen. He said, Proverbs 18, 21, said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you have to say it. You have to say it. The Bible said in Matthew 6, 31, I love this because he said, take no thought. Ooh, Jesus. Let's get into that. He said, take no thought. He said, how do you take the thought when you say it? You take the thought when you say it. So the thought going to come to your mind. But you take it when you say it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down every thought, every reasoning or imagination, you got to cast it down. You have to cast it down. I want to show you something where Jesus stopped somebody for saying something that was going to affect his life. If you have your Bibles, go to Mark 5. Let's start at 23. Mark 5, 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just, just stay with me. Just stay with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love this because uh, when I read the Bible, I just, I, just, I just love to read the Bible and just get stuff out of it. He said, I'm going to start at 23. And he begged him, Jairus, he's talking about Jairus, he wanted Jesus to come heal his daughter. He said, and he begged him earnestly saying, my daughter lying at the point of death, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him. So Jesus on his way to heal the man's daughter. In between that, the woman with the issue of blood stopped. So can you imagine Jesus going to do your, your child, heal your child, here comes some other problem with their problem. You're like, okay, like, hurry up, hurry up. You know what I'm saying? Get to my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Get to my daughter. But he was so focused on what Jesus had to do. Go down to verse 35. And when he was still speaking, Jesus still talking about the woman of the issue of blood. Jesus still talking about that. He said, when he was still speaking, some came from the rulers of the son of God's house saying, let go to gossipers. They go to the, uh, the, the people that you don't need to be around. Here, look what they're saying. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Listen at 36. I want you to get this. 36, Jesus, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And I was trying to find it in one of my Bibles last night when Jesus said, Jesus turned around and looked him straight in the face. He said, don't say it. He didn't say those words, but he was trying to get him not to say what they said. Because once you say it on earth, it's going to happen. So Jesus looked at him and said, only believe, be quiet. If he would have said, well, my daughter is dead now, don't worry about it. You know, you, you can just finish what you was doing. You took all day anyway, don't worry about it. Just, she, you know, you should have been coming with it. He could have said all that and his daughter would have died. But Jesus looked at him and said, don't say it. Don't say what they're saying. So you got all these, uh, all these girlfriends that you're on the phone with and brothers and people that's talking to you and saying all this gospel and stuff. You better not say what they say. Are you going to have what they say? You're going to agree with them. And I have two people to agree on. Girl, you sick? Girl, you know it's flu season. I, I know, you know, it's just, you know, I always catch the flu. No, I don't. 
<laughs> I know I don't. Uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's my all right. It's my, 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 my. It's yours? So you claiming it. It's yours? You don't claim sickness. It's nothing going to affect my body. And when it comes, you cast it out. Do the necessary things that you need to do. Medicine or whatever, do it to get it out of your body. Then continue to eat right, do whatever you got to do. Amen? Let's continue on. He says, so he stopped Jairus from saying what he had to say. And as soon as Jesus heard the words spoken, he told him to don't be afraid. Jesus, like I said, he was trying to stop him. Nugget number three. Kingdom authority must be enforced. Kingdom authority must be enforced. Go to John 11, 4, I mean 11, 43. John 11, 43. I'm like, Pastor, y'all getting something out the word? Amen. Amen. And next time, bring your Bibles. Amen. Bring your Bibles. Bring your iPad or something. I want to see it you in the word. Because I go to scriptures. Uh, John 11. Let's go John 11, 43. Because I want you to leave out of here with something that's tangible. That you can go home and apply it to your life. And things happen. John eleven forty three. Let's start at 41. Then he took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe. He said, I'm saying it's only for them who believe. Jesus had to enforce his authority over that. And the reason why he called his name, Lazarus, come forth, because if Jesus would have just said, come forth, every dead person in there would have came forth. Because the authority he had. So he said, Lazarus, come forth. He enforced his authority. See, Jesus didn't, see, he didn't, <laughs> Jesus. That's why you don't have to pray for everything. Jesus didn't have to pray for debt because he had authority over debt. He had to pray about that. He already had authority over that. So you didn't have to pray about it. You don't have to pray about everything. You have to take authority over it. I mean, one time my son had an accident. He fell off his bike, and it was a big accident. He fell, went somewhere. He didn't have his helmet on, and he fell and had a big old thing on his head. My wife called me. We had to take him to Children's Mercy, take him there. And we sitting up there, doctor talking to my wife. I had to really control myself because what I saw was bad. My wife, she's, she know the medical stuff, so she was telling me this and that. So we go there, and the doctor come there. And I'm sitting there, sitting in the chair. I already prayed over my son. And I had to take authority over the fear and the spirits because I know how bad it could have been. So I'm sitting there, doctor coming in, talking to my wife. We're sitting there. I'm in agreement. We're praying. Another doctor come in. Ooh, they're telling all this. They're getting another specialist. About five different specialists came in. And they x-raying Caleb's head and looking at his head. And it was bad. I mean, it was swollen. He fell off his bike. I'm like, how you felt backwards off your bike? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Jesus. So, so I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm praying. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not receiving their words. Because they, what they were saying was really bad. He's scald, it's fractured, and bleeding in the brain and all I don't hear all that. My wife would say, I don't want to hear all of it. And she was getting information as a mother. She was getting, but I didn't want to hear. I'm standing on the word of God. Caleb is healed. Caleb is healed. 
in the name of Jesus. So we in there about five hours. About five hours, we in there. They coming in. You know what I'm saying? Coming in. I called some of my brothers and just pray with my pastor friends. Pray with me. Be in agreement. We in agreement. Caleb is here. I didn't want to hear it. Man, finally, the last doctor came in about 7, 8 o'clock that night. He said, well, well, we're looking at the x-rays. It's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. We thought he had a fracture. We thought it was going to be this. We thought it was that. And the, and, the, and the swollen head went down. And he had a little headache. Swollen went down. Caleb, you know, I'm like, Caleb, the swelling went down. And so we talked. And the doctor said, well, I think he could just go home tonight and y'all just come back next week for a follow-up. It's not as bad. What if I would have took that thought and been like, oh, he's bad, he's sick, he's dying, he did, and, and all. I had to stay in faith. Pass Caleb up, you know, like yesterday we took a bike ride again. We had our hammers on. We, we had, every time you ride a bike, bro, you better put the, he's like, damn, my friends, don't, I don't care what they're doing. You putting your hammer on, bro. And he don't like the way he is. I had mine on. So we took a, a ride yesterday in the bike, went to the park. I said, Kayla, I just asked him. I said, Kayla, how did you fell backwards? You know what I'm saying, on your bike? He said, Dad, I don't know. I had a, It was a concussion. I was out. I didn't remember anything. He said, I don't remember anything. So I'm riding behind him, and, you know, he's leading me. He's jumping up, doing wheelies, doing all this stuff. That's, that's why. <laughs> I'm like, bruh. You know, we, you know, we ride our bikes. We just take our little bikes and we ride. Hey, how you doing? Speaking to everybody. Man, he's doing wheelies in one hand and no hands. And like, come on, man. I said, I said that's why. That's why you fell probably backwards. Probably was doing the wheelie or whatever. I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, I had to take authority over that. I had to take authority over that. So you don't have to pray about everything. You can't have simple prayers for everything, an outfall of prayer. You can't because there's different types of prayer. There's prayers of faith, prayers of agreement, prayer of worship, prayer of intercession, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of, of consecration and dedication. Though I'm going to teach you on that one day, prayers of consecration and dedication. That's the only one you say, if it be thy will. You don't ask God if it be thy will. Prayer, if you go into another city to take a job or something like that, God, if it's your will, that's the prayer you ask God, if it be thy will. If it be thy will for me to leave and go. When I came here from um, Tulsa, God, if it's your will for me to go, let me know, God. Now go. God will let you know. Amen? So that's the only prayer that you have to pray. Nugget number four, let's continue on. God has given you his authority over your flesh. God has given you the authority over your flesh. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. And this is for everybody, especially men, especially ministers. He said, but I discipline. The discipline really means the practice of training people to obey. Using punishment to correct. Sometimes you got to use punishment. Like coaches. They're getting you out there. They're using you. Got to you. Got to discipline that body. You in the army. They got to discipline that body. And I bring it under subjection. He didn't say God was going to bring it under subjection. He said I bring it under subjection. So if you don't have control over your flesh, you you losing the battle. There's certain things you just can't do as a Christian. It's not that I don't want to do certain things. I just can't do certain. Things. I can't go to clubs and parties and and all that, and drinking and I I just can't do it. It would affect your spiritual walk with God. 
the world's doing all that. You are peculiar people. You are different. You're not of the world. If you want the anointing or the favor of God, you got to pull yourself away. When I first got saved, I cut loose everything because I wanted God. And as a minister, I still have to watch what I say. We go to movies sometimes, something ain't right there. We're walking out of there. I'm not going to sit up there and watch all that filth, watch scary movies, and you wonder why fear is all in your house. And you, because you, you just opened the door for them last night. And you wonder why your kids have a nightmare and you didn't watch uh, Jason or whatever they all watch. And I don't know why you're dealing with fear. Okay, the spirit is in your house, you just opened the door for them. You're dealing with lust and you're watching pornography all night. You don't know why your husband dealing with lust. He's watching pornography all night. That's why lust spirit is trickling down to your kids. You're wondering why they're having babies and stuff. Dad, you open the door for them by watching your internet all night, watching pornography. And if you, have, you don't have control over that spirit, you lost the battle. Seriously, that's the number one thing a man has to get control over. You have to get control over it. Amen? He said, bro, he said and listen, he said, uh, Romans 6, 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Remember, the wages of sin is death. So every time you sin, something must die. Every time you sin, that's the wages. That's the penalty of sin. So if you're cheating on your wife, husband, and, and doing that, your relationship is slowly dying. You may be feeling good, feeling that flesh. Your flesh feels good, and you feel good. But your relationship is slowly dying because of sin. And the devil tells well, I feel good. And anybody who's cheating on their wife is just selfish. It's a selfish thing. Because you're thinking about yourself and how you feel and what you want and how it make you feel. If you're living life on feelings, feelings all the time, you're already defeated. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. And I say that to say because right now we, we, we just got up a fast. Everybody got up a fast. Really, everybody probably didn't keep the fast. I'm be honest with y'all. Some of y'all know y'all. Three days, y'all probably was eating. So don't, don't just go there. In the name of Jesus. So, so I'm saying, I grew up, and I'm be honest with you, I grew up on three-day fast with water, and that's it. Now, you go on some serious fast, you want to see God move in your life, try to go on it if you can. I'm not telling you what you do, but try to go on a serious three-day fast with just water. That second day, you're going to be walking on cloud. You're going to be hearing God so clearly. I mean, God going to be speaking to you so clearly. It's, and, and no internet, none of that stuff. And just present your body to God. That third day, it's, it's a wrap. But now we, 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 we go on the Daniel fast and we eating all day and then not reading the word, not doing none of that, which is good. Daniel fast, it helps us. It helps us, cleanse us out, and help us to do that if you stay on it. But most time, your flesh is not strong enough to go on. 21 days? Jesus. Amen. Let's continue on because I don't want to get y'all. Just keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. I don't want to get in your business. Praise God. And, John, and this is a scripture the Lord gave me when I first got saved, and it helped me. James 4, 7. You have your Bible. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I remember I was praying in Berkeley, California. I was praying. I'm, I'm like, God, 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 I am submitting. I'm submitting to you. I love you. I love you. I love you. He said, yeah, but you're not resisting. You're not resisting the devil. So when the devil come to you, tell you to do this, tell you to do that, you have to resist it. And as you resist stuff, you get stronger, 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 and then it's, you don't have no control over you. But if you don't resist it, he's going to defeat you all the time. He said, you resist it. He said, if you're not resisting, you're submitting. You can't resist something that you're entertaining. You can't. You can't. It's going to be hard for you to resist. You can't tell me these mass shooters that's going around in school, sitting there, sitting there watching Christian stories or movies. They're watching some demonic, unclean, crazy stuff that's getting in their mind. They're going out shooting up these schools and stuff. So whatever you put in you, it's going to come out. So I don't watch a lot of stuff on TV. I don't watch a lot. I don't listen to them. I have K-Love playing through my house all the time. My son's room, we play scriptures. Go to YouTube, play scriptures. Eight hours of scripture. Eight hours. Let it play through your son's bedroom. We let it play through our house. I don't listen to worldly music. I don't listen to all that junk. I don't need a good feeling. This is a spiritual warfare that you're in. And if you look at the way the world is going on right now, you don't have time to be playing. The devil is tearing you up. You don't have time to be playing sitting at home watching uh, uh, whatever uh, all day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching movies after movies after movies. How can you sit there and watch three, four movies all day? I'm binging, whatever they call it. Come on, now you could be doing something. Nugget number five, and it's the last nugget. Let's get into this. Last nuggets. Thank you, Jesus. Your authority is in the name of Jesus. Your authority is in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.9. Go to Philippians 2.9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for your goodness. Philippians 2.9. Let's go to eight. It said, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse nine, therefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth, of those under the earth. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Listen, people. I tell you this, and I tell you this with everything within me. You can't afford to play with the devil. You can't. Because you're going to come here every Sunday expecting bishop or whoever minister up here to give you something, give you something. If you don't like it, you're not going to take it. You you can't. You got to get in this word for yourself. This word is your weapons of warfare. Everything you need is in the word of God. You got to get up and pray and utilize it. Because when you start reasoning and and, and guessing, you're taking yourself out of faith. You're taking yourself out of faith. And God called me to come to Kansas City. I, I, I could have reasoned myself out. 
I couldn't reason myself out. When I got the, uh, I mean, you told me it was it was January uh, the, the 29th or something like that. February the 18th, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not, not in Tulsa, when I went to Bible college. I sold everything, got rid of everything, got on the Greyhound bus. I said, God, if you said it, I'm going. Didn't know where I was. Didn't know, never been to Tulsa. But I trust God, me and my 16-year-old son, on the bus, going to Tulsa. And when I got to Tulsa that Saturday morning, I said, God, if this is you, I need a job and a car. I mean, a job and a place to stay. I lived in a hotel. He was living in a hotel. Sunday, he told me to get up, go to Sutherland's, put in an application. I put in an application Sunday. Sunday evening, he told me to go to this apartment in Tulsa to put in an application. I wouldn't put in an application. Just moved in town Saturday. See, I don't have no reference. I don't, I don't have hell. Monday morning, he told me to get up, go get your job. I walked to the place. I said, I put in the application the other day. I said, yeah, we were looking for it. We got a job in the paint department. Got the job. Now, when we're leaving back, the Holy Spirit said, now go get your apartment. I went to the place, never been there. I said, I just put in the application. Sad. The lady walked me to the apartment, and she said, yeah, yeah, it's just this. And she said, if you have the money order, you can move in now. Like, I just, she said, yeah, it's only like $475, and I just had a little money to my name. And I said, sure. She said, go to Quick Trip. Never heard of Quick Trip, because I came from um, California, so I never heard of Quick Trip. She said, go to Quick Trip, get the money. I mean, I ran a Quick Trip, got the money all the came back, gave that lady the money all the, three days. Had an apartment and a job, obeying God. And I still, that still blows my mind when I think about it. It still blows my mind when I think about it because I didn't know what was going to happen. But I trust God. I trust the name of Jesus. If he called you to do something, he's going to equip you and take care of you. Just have faith in him. Don't worry about what it looked like. Don't worry about how he's going to figure it out. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for it. Don't worry about it. Just start taking the steps. When you start taking the steps, he's going to start moving in your life. He's going to start moving in, and I'm a living witness for it. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.